0: Hello and welcome to episode number 475, yep, 475 of Holy Crap It Sports, coming to you semi-live from the Sandy Springs Podcast Center in Laundromat. A beautiful 86-degree day here in Atlanta, GA. Hope you're getting outside, getting ready for the weekend. I'm Pete Davis, your host, here for the whole show hopefully and uh, we got breaking news by the way just happened a little while ago we'll talk about that considering the bulldogs and other stuff going on but first follow me on twitter pete davis one uh, write me a letter pete davis one at yahoo.com i read them all uh if you want a t-shirt farmhouseprintingco.com. all your t-shirt needs holy Gravit sports drink up shriners some gentleman the other day i forget his name uh, pardon me Hopefully I'll remember it uh, at some point here. Got a, a HCIS t-shirt on the front, and on the back it says Drink Up Shriners. It's perfect. Uh, so go there, Chemer Show t-shirts, Shannon Burke, whatever you want. They'll do your own stuff. You can send it to them, and they'll put it on the shirt or tumblers or coffee mugs or you know, business cards, pamphlets, whatever you need. If you need to do uh, Thomas Paine's common sense over and over again. If you need to print up a live free and die just to piss off the liberals, go for it. Go for it, Uh, farmhouseprintingco.com. What else we got? Uh, Oh, yeah, if you want to be a patron of the show, you think it's worth a cheeseburger a month just to help us keep going. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Let's see, we do put some effort in this. And I say we, it's not the royal we, it's just me. But uh, let's see, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Just look up Holy Crap It Sports. It's very simple. I really appreciate it. Or you can just go on PayPal and send it to the Kimmer Show, and we'll all just split it. Appreciate it right there. All right, we got all kinds of good stuff. Let's start off. Once I said there's breaking news about the dogs, the Braves in Miami and get bad news about their ace, plus injury updates for other players. Vaughn Grissom makes a great debut, and just who is his father field of dreams game always does it right as john smoltz soldiers through a tough day bill russell gets his due the golfing wars they have begun antonio brown still crazy after all these years falcons exhibition season gets underway we got pete's tweets this day in sports history birthdays all kinds of good stuff and um, stuff about john smoltz as well and we'll talk with that but just uh, reading this on saturday down south before i came on the air here uh bulldog arian smith third year wide receiver is going to have surgery to peri injury he's going to miss the rest of fall camp and probably time early in the regular season according to seth emerson of the athletic Uh, he's had some injuries over the years Uh, he's missed time the last two seasons has five catches in his career for 188 yards one of the highlights last year that 35 yard touchdown pass uh, against missouri Two catches for 67 yards in the win over UAB, including that career-long 61-yarder for TD. Arian Smith is going to be out for a little bit with the Georgia Bulldogs. So there's the breaking news there. We'll talk in breaking news. What time is it? It is about. I'll read my phone. Yeah, a little after 4 o'clock on the Friday for the August. What the hell's is today? August 12th. <laughs> Sorry. Braves in Miami tonight, Friday, for the first of, I believe, 4 or is it 5? 5. One, two, three, probably four, uh, before returning home for the big series against the Mets in Truist Park starting Monday night. Now, we understand that Kyle Wright's going to start that Monday night game and Max Freed who is retroactively on the concussion injured list, which is seven days, will be available hopefully Tuesday night. I think it's going to be Jake Odorizzi tonight against Mr. Lopez, Pablo Lopez for the fish. And like I said, bad news is free. goes on that injured list. He fell face first during his start against the Mets a few days ago. Uh, Right-hander Jay Jackson has been brought up. Uh, Let's see. Jackson joins the Braves for the first time. He was in 57 games over three seasons with the Padres, Brewers, and Giants, goes 3-1 with a 4.3-run ERA and three saves in his career. After missing last season in the first half of this season while recovering from Tommy John's surgery, Kirby Yates made his return to game action Wednesday's win over the Red Sox. And Yates relieved Dylan Lee in the seventh, getting Xander Bogarts to pop up and end the inning on five pitches. Uh, by the way, Adam Duvall has been added to the 60-day injured list. Right-hander Waskar Enoa optioned back to Triple-A Gwinnett. And first baseman Mike Ford designated for assignment and has been released back into the wild. Meanwhile, Vaughn Grissom who slashed three sixty three, 408 and five sixteen over 22 games with A Mississippi, started at second base Wednesday night in Boston. He only went two for four with a home run and a stolen base in his MLB debut. Chrissom, the youngest player in American League or National League history, to homer and swipe a bag in his debut. After the homer and excited Michael Harris met him at home plate, Michael jumping up and down like a little kid, which they are. They're like 22 or something. Now for a long time, a lot of people, including me, thought that uh, Vaughn's father was former Brave Marquise Grissom. While some people still believe it might be true, most reports now say it is not. He just shares the same last name. Who cares? He can ball. And it's going to be very interesting. Hmm, let me take a sip here. What are we drinking today? We're going to take some Gold beer. There's a blast from the past. And yeah, they're making it again. They stopped making it, I think, back in the 70s. It was At one time, it was responsible for 30% of all beer sales in New York State, and it was in a bunch of movies, Requiem for a Heavyweight, a Gidget, all, all these movies had the Rheingold beer in it, and then it went away because it couldn't compete with the big brands, you know, Budweiser and Pabst and Miller and everything, but then they, back in the 90s, they resurrected it, so I think they're doing it, brewing it in an apartment somewhere up there in New York, but anyway, let's do a little Rheingold today. Uh, Orlando Orcia placed on the 10-day injured list. He sustained that left hamstring strain uh, the RBI double, and the Braves win over the Red Sox in 11 innings on Tuesday. The Marcelo Zuna problem was put on hold for at least one game, but one game does not make up for a lousy season. Corey McCartney of BatteryPower.com has broken it down, saying Ozuna's three-run home run Wednesday in Boston snapped an 0 for 21 skid, a low-water mark for season in which he slashed 213, 264, 395, with 20 homers, 79 WRC+, and the second-worst F-war at minus 1.0 of any qualified hitter. Only 10 players of a lower WRC plus than Ozuna. None of them are primarily designated hitters and his defensive limitations have played out with the fourth worst defensive runs above average at minus 11.7 among outfielders, despite his searing, seeing just 349 innings. He has the third-worst F-War at minus 1.4 in baseball. The only players worse are Hall of Famer closing out his career in the Tigers' Miguel Cabrera at minus 1.6 and the defensive specialist Jackie Bradley Jr. at minus 2.0. He was just cut by the Red Sox and I believe picked up by the Blue Jays. The Braves reportedly explored moving Ozuna, who is due $16 million next year and in 2024 with a club option for 25 million ahead of last week's trade deadline. They talked with the Marlins about maybe just trading them straight up for Avicel Garcia, a contract swap, uh, basically, but they never got beyond the talking stage. So why is he still getting so many at-bats and hitting so far up in the lineup? Hasn't Michael Harris earned a move up? Ozuna has the fourth most played appearances of any primary D.H. at 436, leading the Braves to a 309 W.O.B.A. that is 19th at that position. There are only, what, 30 teams? Only Matt Olson at 492 and Austin Riley 478 and Dansby Swanson 474 have more played appearances. Ozuna's WRC Plus, the lowest of any Atlanta player with more than 100 plate appearances. The Bravos have added another option with Robbie Grossman. I kind of like that guy. And with a healthy Eddie Rosario and the rise of William Contreras, there's a litany of choices that can play DH, especially with Travis Darno returning from his leg injury. Ozuna is still a pretty good bat with prolific power at times, but the reality is moments like Wednesday's mammoth shot over the Green Monster, a blast that came off the bat at 106 plus, went 403 feet, those have been few and far between, and it's what has happened in between. That's the issue. Azuna has had five stretches of 28 or more plate appearances without a home run, including one of 92 from April 18th to May 13th. He hit 214 or lower in all of them, and 188 or lower in four of those droughts. Move him down in the lineup at least. Now, the emergence of Vaughn Grissom, it was one game. Come on, it's one game, and he's only been at Double A and not very long there. But if he comes up and plays well and stays with the team, he doesn't isn't sent back down. We'll see. The Braves may be seriously looking at him as the shortstop next year, and that would mean Dansby Swanson will be allowed to leave in free agency. They got to save money somewhere. They've already signed Austin Riley to the huge contract, and justifiably so. They got to sign Max Freed at some time. You always got to have a lefty ace pitcher. Uh, frankly. With all the shortstops floating around now, probably more important than a shortstop. A shortstop is very valuable, and Dansby Swanson's having, I think, his best year. So he's getting better every year. He started off so slow this year and just turned it around. He's a quintessential second-place hitter of the old style. Uh, His at-bats, of dragging at-bats out and finally getting the pitch he wants and going the other way with it. He's having defensive standout plays almost every night. He's at his peak. And you got to wonder, if they let him go, that would be a big blow, to tell you the truth. Or maybe um, move Ozzie Albies, put him in left field, and let Von Grissom play second base. There's some uh, stuff going on. I mean, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. The Braves have a very young team. It's uh, great to see. Great to see the now annual Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. Another smashing success last night. The Cubs outlasted the Reds four to two. But the event surrounding the game is great to watch too. It started with Ken Griffey Jr. and Senior walking out of the cornfield in the outfield, then tossing the ball as father and son. Redlegs' great Johnny Bench was joined by Cubby's great Ferguson Jenkins. During the game, I saw tweets from Fox's Will Kane, who sat down with John Smoltz yesterday to talk about the father-son connection surrounding this game. And that's when the former Brave and Hall of Famer told Will Kane that he had lost his father early that morning. John Smoltz had lost his father. On the day of the Field of Dreams game, which John was there to be the analyst, he lost his father. Smoltz said his father would have been angry with him if he missed working the game. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the Smoltz family. I remember seeing them waiting for John outside the Braves locker room in the tunnels of Atlanta-Fulton County Stadium decades ago. What a wonderful family and what a great father. John was telling stories about him. how, When he was in high school, his father made up baseball cards and handed them out to everybody he met. And people come up to John today And says, oh, I knew your father back in Michigan in the day. And he goes, hold on, wait, let me stop you. Did he give you a card? And they all say, he did. I wonder how many held on to that card. What a great little thing it would have been. Now, in the seventh inning stretch, we got a hologram of Harry Carey singing, take me out to the ball game, which I thought was very well done. But, of course, the thin-skinned, always offended crowd on social media hated it. I don't know why. Except they live for finding something trivial to whine about on the internet. It gives them small meaning in their meaningless lives. Critics never create. They just bitch from the sidelines watching others actually live real lives. Uh, The drone shots flying overhead and through the fields and over the dale and in the house. Very cool. Combine that with the last last supermoon of the season. The sturgeon moon as some people were calling it. The last one of the summer, rising through the cornfields, Fox Sports did a great job with the visuals. They really did. I don't know about that Joe Davis yet. He's growing on me. We'll, we'll find, he, anything's better than Joe Buck. So I I got a, what was his name, right? Joe Buck? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've never been to Iowa, but that place is on the bucket list. I was listening to uh, uh, Cellini and Domino. Or is it Domino and Who's Who gets top billing there? Anyway, on 6A, the fan driving in this morning, or this afternoon, actually, I was driving to the Kimmer Show. Driving in? Where the hell was was I going? Uh, I was driving out to do the Kimmer Show podcast. By the way, we got into an argument at the very beginning of it, and somebody on YouTube wrote, Mommy and Daddy are fighting again. But anyway, we got over it. Uh, But it's pretty funny. It's always funny when we get in an argument. But anyway, uh, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, but, 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 uh, oh, so I was listening to the show at morning, 680, and this afternoon, and they were talking about how there were Braves fans sitting on the porch there on the swing there at the uh, Field of Dreams game, which you can rent. It's Airbnb or something they were saying? College football news. Former Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich has filed a claim against the university seeking $25 American dollars for wrongful termination after he was fired last year for refusing to get the unproductive so-called vaccine against the China virus. This comes on the same day the CDC finally announced that non-jabbed people should be treated the same way as jabbed people. The esteemed New England Journal of Medicine reports that jabbed folk are contagious for the China virus longer than non-jabbed people. But hey, make sure you line up for the coming government monkeypox shot. I'm sure they're not lying about that, too. NFL news. The Falcons begin preseason games tonight in Detroit. Look for how many plays Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter get. And if Felipe Franks lines up as a quarterback or tight end or both. See, what I would do with him is I'd make him your third quarterback which means you've got a quarterback and a tight end on your, your team. Now, does that mean he'd have to be inactive unless somebody gets hurt? Uh, gosh, that's how the rule used to be, I believe. So anyway, it would be interesting if they could put him on as both. Former NFL receiver Antonio Brown is still full-blown bat guano crazy. Just in case you were wondering, here is his latest tweet. Quote, my biggest regret in my career does not involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet, or throwing rocks at that UPS driver, and it definitely does not involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. It's like watching the Beatles Or Jesus, perform at Red Rocks, end quote. Yeah. You know why I don't believe in karma? Because this guy's a millionaire and doing whatever he wants right now. (laughs) If it was real karma. Anyway, I don't wish any harm to him, but he's... You talk about this age of narcissism and look at me, look at me. I just... It just it boils my blood. It really does. I, I don't mind showmanship, but crap like that. are you kidding me comparing himself to Jesus? NBA News: the NBA is going to retire Bill Russell's number six for all 30 teams. Just oh, that's great. They managed to do that before he died, so he can still no, no, they waited till he died. Why do they always do this? Why did baseball wait till Ron Santo and Buck O 'Neill died before they put him in the hall? Why did they wait for Bill Russell to die before they retired as number six? Did they just realize he was pretty good? Golf News, former pro golfer and internet sensation Paige Spiranac does not feel that PGA golfer James Hahn's complaints about the tour are pretty verified. Hahn wants the PGA to pay for his and other golfers' expenses. Here's Paige's reply. She did it on a podcast. Uh, quote, it's like this. We want more. We want, 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 want. And it's like, stop being an effing baby about it. You get to play golf for a living, and you're making millions and millions of dollars. James Hahn was like, I missed the first day of school for my daughter. And like, you didn't have to do that. You did not have to do that. You are not the only parent in America who has had to miss a big milestone in their children's lives. And you know what, James Hahn? You've made $12 million in your career, and you've set your schedule. And if it was that important to you, you could have decided not to play and fly home and to be there End quote. Thank you, Paige Sparonek. Just one of the many reasons, including two I can think of, to follow her on Twitter. Anyway, all right, let me find something, and hopefully I will be able to find it here. Uh, Someone sent this to me, and I did not get the name of the comedian. I'm going to keep looking for it. And it's a comedian, and he's basically saying that the gayest sport is not figure skating. The gayest sport of all is American football. And he has his own little, you know, reasons for it. So I will try and find it here and turn it on for you, the listener. Skating is the gayest sport, but I think it's football. Think about it. You have these, like, muscular men in tights trying to get on top of one dude (laughs) and this other group that's like, no, stop, he's ours. (laughs) You do something wrong, a man trots out and throws out a colored flag, (laughs) blows a whistle, holding. (laughs) That's the gayest penalty. (laughs) No, Tom, you you can't hold on to him. You gotta let him go. (laughs) He's, He's chasing after another man. Going for the sack. <laughs> skating. Going for the sack. Uh, I don't know if this guy's name is Alingo Mitra or Alingon Mitra, maybe his name. He looks like he maybe he's Indian or Pakistani or Hispanic. I don't know. And uh, if he's none of those things, I'm not going to apologize. That's just the way it is. But it's pretty funny there. On this day, August 12th, 1879, the first National Archery Association tournament, or a NAT... Was held in Chicago. Fourteen people were shot in the street. 1950, the first international game by an NFL team. The New York Giants beat the Canadian Football League's Ottawa Rough Riders. Talk about gay names. Twenty to six at Ottawa's Lansdowne Stadium. The Rough Riders. 1953, Ann Davison arrives in Miami in their 23-foot boat Felicity Anne, becoming the first woman to sail solo across the Atlantic. In 2016, American star swimmer Katie Ledecky set the world record of eight minutes, four seconds, .79, to dominate the women's 800-meter field at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics. The medal tally of four gold, one silver, made her the most decorated U.S. female athlete at one Olympics. Birthdays you share with some of these reprobates, August 12th. 1880, Christy Mathewson was born. Hall of Fame pitcher, right-hander, won World Series in 1905 and 21, had the triple crown for pitchers in 05 and 08, nationally wins leader in 05, 07, 08, and 1910. Two no-hitters for the New York Giants. Born in Factoryville, Pennsylvania, he died in 1925 from um, basically problems with his lungs that he got in World War One. That was during a training mission. He got gassed and uh, later killed him. 1891, John McDermott, a golfer, won the U.S. Open in 1911 and 12, born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, died in 1971. I say Pennsylvania because I don't want it to be, uh, you know, confused with Philadelphia, Mississippi. 1892, Ray Schalk, Hall of Fame catcher, won a World Series in 1917 with the White Sox. He also managed the team from 1927 to 28, was born in Harville, Illinois, Died in 1970. 1930, Jack Scarbath was born, College Football Hall of Fame quarterback at Maryland. Later played in the NFL for the Redskins and the Steelers. Born in Baltimore. Died two years ago. 1933, Parnelli Jones. What a great name. Auto Racer won the Indianapolis 500 back in 1963. He was a team owner that won the Indy 500 in seventy seventy-one, 71 I believe. Uh, born in Texarkana, Arkansas. Uh, 1947, Sam Rosen, sportscaster, and I'm thinking Sam Rosen, he's still doing. It. And I looked him up; he is still doing. It. I remember wh- listening to him last year. He does a good job. I like Sam Rosen; does a very good job. Man, that sucker's been around. Let's see, that's 5370. He's like 75 years old, still doing it. Good for him. 1971, Pete Sampras, tennis player at one time the greatest that ever played, 14 Grand Slam titles, born in Washington D.C. 1972, Allison Cook. Australian basketball player, helped win the Olympic bronze in 1996 here in Atlanta. For Australia, I believe. 1977, Plaxico Barres, a football player, mainly for the Steelers, right? 1988, Tyson Fury, British heavyweight professional boxer, born in Manchester, England. And uh, there was word today, he says he's walking away from boxing. He's 34 now and he's had enough. 1998, Stephanos Sissipas, One of the funniest names ever, T-S-I-T-S-I-P-A-S, Sissipas, a Greek tennis player. Uh, Let's see, was a runner-up at the French Open last year, born in Athens, Greece. I'm going to take a sip of the old Rheingold here. Yeah, I found an old advertisement for Rheingold. Casey Stingle in his Mets uniform with a beautiful young, nubile young starlet next to him selling beer. And as one local TV anchor put it, how shall I put this? I won't say their name. New by all Young Starlets, Beer and Baseball. Does it get any better? Dead People on August 12th. In 1904, we lost William Renshaw, a British tennis player, won Wimbledon in 1881, 82, 83, 84, 86, and 89, died of epileptic convulsions. He was just 43 years old. Two thousand two, Enos Slaughter, baseball player, died at eighty six. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Let me ask uh, Alexa: Is Enos Slaughter in the Hall of Fame? Alexa, is Enos Slaughter in the Hall of Fame?
1: Here is something sorry I to found on you the up.
0: web. According to fandom.com Enos Slaughter was a Major League baseball yeah. player and Hall of Famer. Thank you. He was a Hall of Fame. I think the veterans put him in. Two thousand four, George Yardley III of the New Hampshire Yardleys, uh, basketball Hall of Fame forward, six-time All Star in the fifties and sixties. First player to score two thousand points in a season for the Fort Wayne Pistons. Uh, Fort Wayne. <laughs> Pardon. What was it? He said from Wayne. No offense, Fort Wayne, no offense, Pistons, dies of ALS, he was 75. Uh, 2020, we lost Bill Yeoman, College Football Hall of Fame coach at the University of Houston in the 60s through the 80s, had a record of 160, 108, and 8, died of kidney failure and pneumonia. He was 92. I think Bill Yeoman was one of the big wishbone guys. Uh, 2020, the same day, we lost Howard Mudd, football offensive lineman, pro bowler in the 60s for the 49ers and Bears. He was also a coach. Uh, the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts won a Super Bowl in 06. He, Howard Mudd died after a motorcycle accident. He was 78 years old on a motorcycle. Uh, the same day, 2020, Don Edmonds passed, auto racer and car builder. He's in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. This guy, Don Edmonds, is the guy who built Evil Knievel's Snake River Canyon Sky Cycle. It was a rocket, basically. It was a, it was a man-sized bottle rocket, which fizzled out and didn't even get over anything. It almost killed Knievel. Uh, Don Edmonds died at the age of 89. And last year, we lost Roger Herring, College Football Hall of Fame coach at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, from 69 to 99. His record 261, 75, and 7. Roger Herring dying at the age of 88. One wedding to speak of in 1940 on August 12th. Golfer Sam Sneed was 28 when he married his high school sweetheart, Audrey Carnes. Gosh. I mean, he waited 10 years to get around to that. I wonder if she waited around for him. Anyway, time for a little Pete's tweets here. Let me find my tweets. Stop that. Quit moving around on me. Don't make me hurt you. Don't make me hurt you. What is this? All right. Uh, Will Smith uh, wrote a very nice letter to Braves country. That Will Smith traded to the Astros. Said, Braves Country, ever since I was a little kid playing catch in my front yard with my dad, I always wanted to wear the A on my hat. We had some great times together and some stressful ones too, my bad. Becoming a world champion last year with that group of guys will be one of the greatest highlights of my life and biggest accomplishment. To the coaches that stood by my side and helped me out when I needed it the most, thank you. To the trainers and strength coaches that kept me healthy and on the field, thank you. To Clubby Nation for always being there no matter the circumstances, thank you. And to my teammates, I love you guys and will never forget the good times and our night spent at the TNT, thank you. By the way, on High Heat, MLB Network, it's bad enough that Christopher Mad Dog Russo gets names wrong all the time, but the uh, the Chiron at the bottom, is that what they're calling it now, uh, said Braves call up Vaughn Griffin from AA. Griffin, not Grissom. So that's what you get, MLB Network. Uh, Ole Miss is proud to announce a new four-year contract with coach Mike Bianco, who led them to their first World Series title. Uh, What else we got sports-wise? Okay, let me take a sip of the Gold. You've heard uh, stuff like this before, where someone puts together a list of the funniest names in sports. Well, they've come up with the 2022 funniest names in college football. On offense, quarterback, Oklahoma, General Booty. (laughs) Running back, Auburn, Tank Bigsby. Running back Wazoo Juvinsky Schlinbaker, at wide receiver from Louisiana Monroe Boogie Knight. <laughs> wide receiver Buffalo Booby Curry, receiver Nebraska the coldest Crawford. He's got an air conditioning nil deal, by the way. Tight end Wake Forest Jaeger Bull, offensive lineman from WMU whatever that is Western Michigan I don't know Dylan Dethridge. Offensive lineman from Georgia Tech, Wing Green; lineman from UNLV, Tiger Shanks. Tiger Shanks. Uh, lineman from Charlotte, Panda Askew, or Askew. I don't know. Offensive lineman from Oregon. Oh God, Mala Isala Amavei Laulu. I can't. I got that on the first try. That is a great name. On defense, defensive lineman. From Boston College, Shittasilla, S-H-I-T-T-A. I'm not making it up. Lyman from Ole Miss, Demon Clowny. That's scary. Lyman from Arizona State. Is that still a school? Uh, Blazon Lono Wong. No offense. Lyman from UAB, Fish McWilliams. Linebacker, Wyoming, Buck Coors. Come on, your name's Coors and you're out west. Linebacker from South Carolina, Hot Rod Fitton. Linebacker from Arkansas, Bumper Pool. Defensive back, North Carolina, Storm Duck. What are we going to name the kid? Storm, Storm Duck. I can see it right now if he's a spot. Duck, Storm Duck. Defensive back from Alabama, Cool Aid McKinstry. Defensive back Arizona Ephesian's Prysock. Okay, that sounds like something that the guys from Key and Peele would be making fun of, like Clavius Uh Ephesian's Prysock, and defensive back from LSU. These guys were obviously Mash fans. They named their kid, their last name's Burns. They're Mash fans. They named their kid Major Burns. Frank. Special teams kicker from Houston, Bubba Baxa. And the uh, punter, Colorado State, Patty Turner. And there you have it, the top names in college football for 2022. All right, let's see what else we got here. By the way, the visuals last night of the moon coming up, uh, I mentioned it earlier, is absolutely beautiful. Meanwhile, speaking of Iowa, this is how stupid MLB is when they do that, sh- that game so right. Here's what they do wrong. Iowa has no major league teams. They've, for decades, I don't know if they still are, but they were the minor league affiliate for the Cubs for the longest time because it's right next door. Well, J.D. Schulten pointed out that Iowa does not have an MLB team, yet they are blacked out of six different markets. Are you kidding me? And I was watching the thing last night, and they were bragging about get the MLB app where you can watch every game for $69 a year, which is up from, I think, last year. And then they said, of course, there's blackouts. Excuse me. You said I could get every game. Why are there blackouts on the effing Internet? So, yeah, we're still in 1942 when it comes to that. All right, a lot of people were bitching and moaning about the Harry Carey hologram. I got no problem with it. For like a minute, he's back. I thought it was pretty cool, myself. Is it a little creepy? Yeah, but who cares? Well, for people complaining about it, if the family thinks it's okay, why does anyone else have any, they have a right, but why would you have any reason to complain if the family says it's okay? Harry Carey's grandson, Josh Carey, a very good play-by-play man himself, went on Facebook and says, yes, I saw the performance Very nice gesture on the part of MLB to remember Grandpa at such a special event. If Josh Carey doesn't have a problem with it, why should you? That's my opinion. We welcome yours. All right. Uh, Bob Hope used to be the public relations guy for the uh, Braves for many a year. Jeff Hollinger, who's covered the Braves for many a year, and he's still 11 alive, doing news now, uh, put some pretty cool Atlanta history on there, and he talked to Bob Hope. He says he's got a, a great story about Olivia Newton-John who passed away a few days ago. Grease, the movie, had just hit the theaters, Bob said, when I was sitting at my desk on a Sunday morning before a game. A burgeoning superstar wanted to watch the Darlings of the Superstation in person. She'd probably, She's probably a baseball fan, and she'd watch them on the Superstation. Uh, the receptionist called to say there was a British-sounding woman on the phone. She was Australia. She was lonely with an off-concert day and alone in an Atlanta hotel room. Ms. Newton-John wanted to see the Braves play at Fulton County Stadium. So Mr. Hope got on the phone and said, Hello, Olivia. I told her I would have her picked up at the hotel, but she says, No, I'll take a cab. Uh, I waited at the stadium tunnel entrance, and out from the back seat stepped Sandy from Greece. She stayed all nine innings and posed with Joe Torrey and Phil Necro in the clubhouse. I can't remember anything about the ball game that day, but I can remember every word she said, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. Everyone says she was just a wonderful woman. She was an inspiration for years, fighting breast cancer and a tragic life. Like one of her husbands disappeared at sea or something like that. It was under mysterious circumstances. She didn't have the easiest life. And I didn't know she was a star in Australia in the 60s. We're talking 1965. She was having hits in Australia long before her hits in the early 70s in America hit, mid-70s, I guess. And uh, I just met Xanadu was a bomb, but the album was pretty good with ELO. It had a couple of good songs on it. But she was so pretty, so pretty. Uh, and speaking of, I was watching Free Guy, as, uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie with uh, Ms. Comer, I forget her first name, where he plays a, an NPC in a video game that becomes alive or something like that. And uh, it's it's OK. It's not great. But I was watching it last night and she's got an Australian accent and she comes back and she's got an American accent. And he goes, wait a minute. What happened to your British accent? And no, no, no. no I'm sorry. She comes. She's got an accent. Let me start over. She comes. She's had an accent the whole time. It's a British accent. And all of a sudden she comes back as her real self. She's a player in the real world who's American. So she stalks talking in American, and Ryan Reynolds looks at her and goes, what happened to your Australian accent? And she says, it's British. And he goes, I think I've been around long enough to know an Australian accent. <laughs> wow, well, I guess I could have waited on that story. Uh, for some reason, MLB Bitter Rivals Group has put together their idea of the 10 worst stadiums to watch a game. Now, I don't know what the parameters are. Is it bad sight lines? Is it unruly fans? See Mets? Is it uh, bad food? I don't know. But here is their top 10 worst baseball stadiums to watch a game. Number 10, Yankee Stadium. That's okay. Number nine, American Family Field in Milwaukee. Number eight, Globe Life in Texas. They, they just opened up that park. Uh, let's see. Number seven, Chase Field in Arizona. The Dimebacks won out of there. Number six, Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. Nobody likes that park. You know why? Because Stan, uh, what's his name? Stan Caston. Help design it, which is why it's a piece of crap. Number five, guaranteed rate field in Chicago, the White Sox field. Yeah, you can drive by there and see that's a dump. Uh, number four, Rogers Center in Toronto. Number three, Lone Depot Park in Miami. I That park looks great on TV. Number two, Ring Central Park or Coliseum in Oakland. Yep, as Betty Davis would say, what a dump. And the number one worst stadium in baseball for watching a game, Tropicana Field, Tampa Bay. No one's going to argue with that. All right, let's get to this date in baseball history, August twelfth, 1927. The PCL, Pacific Coast League's Oakland Oaks, trade infielders Lynn Larry and Jimmy Reese to the Yankees for $125,000. That's a lot of money in 1927. Uh, Reese will become Babe Ruth's roommate, famously quipping, he really roomed with Babe's suitcase. (laughs) Jimmy Reese was like a coach for the Angels for a long, long time, decades, up until his, like, 80s or 90s, and used to sit there and hold court and tell stories. I wish I had been able to talk to that guy. What stories he had. 1963, Stan Musial announced he's going to retire at the end of the year. 1974, Angels riding Nolan Ryan in a win over the Red Sox strikes out 19 batters. That's matched the modern-day record shared by Steve Carlton in 1969 and Tom Seaver in 70. Hmm. It's the second of three 19-strikeout performances that season for Ryan. 1976, the directors of the new American League franchise in Toronto announced the team's going to be known as the Blue Jays. They had 10 names presented by a 14-member jury and decided to pick Blue Jays. 1980, at Tiger Stadium, by the way, the Phillies were known as the Blue Jays for a little bit back in the past 1980 at tiger stadium 48,000 plus fans witnessed the return of injury plagued mark fidrich the bird gave up 11 hits and three earned runs in eight innings at work lost the game against the red sox five to four it will mark his last real attempt at a comeback what a great thing he would have been for baseball august 12 1984 and he died tragically his truck fell on him when he was working on it the Hall of Fame inducts Dodger right-hander Don Drysdale on this date in 84, twin slugger Harmony Killebrew, and perennial all-star shortstop Luis Aparicio. Uh, let's see. The Veterans Committee picked uh, catcher Rick Farrell and Brooklyn's captain Pee-wee Reese. That's a good class. 1984, same day, uh, the stage is set for a literal slugfest, one of the great days in Braves history, because I was in San Diego at the time watching it on television. The literal slugfest, the first pitch of Atlanta's 5-3 win, thrown by Braves pitcher Pasquale Perez, I-285. He hits Padres leadoff hitter Alan Wiggins. What a life he led. The fighting begins in the second inning when Ed Whitson, shirtless Ed Whitson, throws behind the starter's head with more brawls in the fifth, which included several fans. Eighth and ninth innings when the Friars continue to use Perez for target practice every time the pitcher steps to the plate. One of baseball's ugliest incidents resulted in 19 ejections, including both managers and their replacements. San Diego skipper Dick Williams was suspended for 10 days. Atlanta manager Joe Torre and five players each received three-game suspensions. The, literally, the fans spilled on the field. The players, the Padres, were spilling into the stands. Ed Whitson was standing, screaming in the dugout with his shirt off, as a f- famous photo. Bob Horner was injured in a cast on his arm in the press box ran down he had time to run down to the clubhouse put his uniform on and run out and join the melee the coolest thing bob horner did besides hitting the homer in his first game and the four homers in that one game that was one of the coolest things bob horner ever did and so you people said he wasn't a good teammate but well, by god he was that day and i'm sitting there in san diego watching that just laughing my ass off and my friends there in san diego went, what's up with your braves i said you don't mess with us baby we may suck right now, but you don't mess with us. Of course, that was the year the Padres went to the World Series. <laughs> uh, August 12, 1987, the Tigers obtained Doyle Alexander from the Braves for right-handed prospect John Smoltz. What a day in Braves history. It'll be great in the short run for Detroit. The Alexander went 9-0, and a 1.53 earned run average down the stretch and helped them win the AL East. But they would lose to the Blue Jays. In the playoffs, I believe. And that was the year the the Twins would go to the World Series and beat the Cardinals. But anyway, uh, let's see. The minor leaguer, they traded away John Smoltz, will have 213 wins, 154 saves, 21-year major league career, and end up in the Hall of Fame. Doyle Alexander was not a very happy man, but uh, he was a great pitcher, but not Hall of Fame. 1990, the Repo- and at the time, people were saying that, that they – The baseball experts, I remember, saying that this kid smolts. They may regret this, and they did. 1990, the postponement of the White Sox-Rangers game happened after a a seven-and-a-half-hour rain delay, the longest in baseball history, it is believed. Uh, White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf did not regret making fans wait for a game that never resumed. They announced rain checks remained valid regardless of the team playing. They served drinks and sandwiches for five hours to the few hundred people who stuck around. 1994 Baseball suffers It's eighth And worst work stoppage In 22 years The 232 day Player strike Leads to the cancellation Of the first time ever Of the World Series Since it uh, began And the delayed opening Of the next season mm. That was the, the expos were probably going to win it that year. Nineteen ninety seven, a tribute to Rex Barney, who died of cancer. The Orioles play their game against Oakland at Camden Yards without a public address announcer. He died that day. The team's beloved announcer became well known for such phrases as give that fan a contract after a patron would catch a foul ball and saying thank you to the fans at the end of the game had entertained Baltimore patrons for twenty four years. August twelfth, two thousand at Shea Stadium, the Giants get two unusual runs in the fourth as Mets outfitter Benny Agbayani catches what he thinks is a third out and gives the ball to a kid in the stands. The mental lapse, not knowing there was only one out, allowed both runners on base to score, but the Mets won anyway. 2001, Braves manager Bobby Cox orders an intentional walk to Steve Finley. Greg Maddux's nationally record of consecutive innings without giving up a base on balls ends at 72.1. The Major League record is 84.1, set in 1962, by A's hurler of Kansas City, Bill Fisher. I don't think that should count when the manager makes you do it. Come on. Uh, 2006, the Beavers honor rodney McRae, the former vancouver canadian who gained everlasting notoriety in 1991 when he literally ran through the right field plywood fence trying to catch chip hell's fly ball in portland civic stadium the pcl team commemorates the memorable play with a bobblehead which features the moment of impact and renames the right-field area of their current ballpark, McCray Alley. You can go on video right now and see it. That and the ball bouncing off Canseco's head over the fence are two of the funniest things you'll ever see. The guy runs through the wall. 2008, over a 1,000 fans attend Skip Carey's public tribute at Turner Field, on the day, the play-by-play announcer would have celebrated his 69th birthday. Known for his wit and sometimes sarcastic style, the Braves' longtime nationally acclaimed broadcaster, who started broadcasting games for Atlanta in 1976, died on August 3rd. He was my favorite of all time. Favorite of all time. He did Hawks games too, uh, and just everything he did was golden. Just good stuff. Uh, on August 12, 2014, Tim Pinkard. Attending his first game at Minimade Park, catches two home run balls, both off the bat of Astros DH Chris Carter. Got his first souvenir when the ball rebounded off a sign in left field in the third inning as the Astros win over the Twins. The Springfield Virginia resident and then uh, in the fifth frame, against astronomical odds, caught the second round tripper struck by the same batter, a laser shot hit directly at his seat. You lucky boy. It's like the Monty Python Holy Grail thing. <laughs> no, it's Life of Brian, where Brian gets, he's in Palestine in the year 30 or something, and he's kidnapped by, he's being chased by a mob in Jerusalem, and he's kidnapped by a spaceship and flown around, and the spaceship crashes, and he crawls out of the wreckage, and some guy sitting there watching him goes, You lucky bastard. Anyway. What else we got here? In 2014, the same day, the Giants honored 63-year-old longtime fan and friend Robin Williams, cultural icon, died suddenly yesterday at his own hand. The team paid tribute to the legend of screen and stage by having a moment of silence before the game against the White Sox and played a clip from the movie Mrs. Doubtfire on the scoreboard. Uh, He hated that movie, but... He needed the money, so and he wanted to work, so he had signed up for a sequel. And some people said that depressed him to the point where he couldn't take it anymore. And he had a, he had a debilitating disease that was creeping up on him, and he didn't want to lose control. So, pretty sad. Uh, 2021, on August 12th, Terrace Mann, a recluse author assuring farmer Ray Kinsella people will come to the ballpark built in the cornfield in the Field of Dreams game, gave this speech. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us all that was once was good and could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Uh, that's my best... Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. I can never remember his name. Great, great actor. What is hell, Alexa, who were the stars of Field of Dreams? Field of Dreams stars include Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones. Alexa, stop. James Earl Jones. By the way, a nice tribute to Ray Liotta by uh, Kevin Costner before the uh, game last night. Kimmer was mad that he didn't actually show up there, but uh, he did that. I always thought, and I've said it before, I always thought it was kind of strange they had a black man give that speech because he's talking about a time where, where black men weren't allowed to play baseball. None of those guys on the field were black. None of the Negro, Negro League stars were there. No mention of that, uh, that that I remember. Did they mention them at all? They must have had to say something. But anyway. Oh, what else we got? Oh, that's it. Thanks to Saturday Down South, ESPN, On This Day, National Pastime, and everybody else who helped me out with this wonderful show. Really do appreciate it for a Friday afternoon. And let's see if we missed anything on Twitter. This musical interlude brought to you by... Come on, come on. I know you're in there. Come on, Twitter. Quit arguing with me. All right, here we go. Going to watch the Falcons game tonight. Could should be interesting to see what they do. It's just exhibition, though. Just exhibition. Not looking at this. Uh Southern Cal tight end Jude Wolf is gonna miss the first part of the season. He's got a foot injury. Hmm. Eduardo tweets that the Dodgers are now 30 and 5 since the movie Minions dropped. <laughs> okay. Uh, not seeing anything else jumping out of here. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. All right, let's go to. ESPN, see if there's anything there, and then I'll let you go for the weekend. You can go any time. You don't have to wait for me to let you go, but I hope you'd stay for the end here. Mm, uh, Mickey Brantley of the Astros is done for the season. He's going to have shoulder surgery. This is probably the end of him. Uh, he's getting up there in age and not having the greatest of year, but it's causing that injury. Uh, the Vikings' Kirk Cousins has got the China virus. He is not going to play against the Raiders and the NIT is going from New York City to Vegas next year and Indianapolis in 24, if you care. All right. Everybody have a great, 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 great weekend. Stay safe, will you? And I'll be back uh, Monday, the good Lord willing. FarmhousePrintingCo.com for all your T-shirt needs. Follow me on Twitter, PeteDavis1. And uh, drink up, Shriners.